welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by John Glennon. John, how are you tonight? Good, Jimmy. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Always enjoy a Titans performance, a domination against the Colts. I don't get to see that, but once every decade or something. So uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll obviously break all of that down before we do. Remind you as always that this podcast is brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the website. Check that out. Best Titans analysis there is on the internet. So um, just go over there. You can sign up for a free account to see what's going on behind the paywall and all that stuff. I think once you sign up, you will want to stay. Like I said, this is Home Run Throwback. So if you want to subscribe to this podcast, just search Home Run Throwback wherever you get your podcast, and you'll be able to subscribe to it there. You can follow us on Twitter. John is at Glennon Sports. I am at JMorrisMCM. Um, so the Titans today were able to, I guess, retake control of their own destiny with a 45 to 26 win in Indianapolis against the Colts. Um, you know, not, not obviously the easiest way to do it with, you know, losing the game at home and then having to win the one on the road here. But, you know, as we sit here, Titans are eight and three. It's a much different conversation than it was after they lost to the Colts to drop to six and three. Um, so, you know, obviously good things there. Um, you know, you, you have to start this conversation with Derrick Henry. Um, he was definitely the story today. Colts are obviously missing a, a big part of their run-stopping defense, the defense that has been very, very good this year. But without DeForest Buckner, especially out there, you, you had an idea that the Titans should be able to take advantage of the Colts with the, with the rushing game. I don't think we had an idea that it would be quite as easy as it was today. But, you know, listen, whenever Derrick Henry is going like he is today, I mean, any team's going to be tough to beat when, you know, you're able to rush the ball like they were. But this team wants to establish a running game with Derrick Henry. If they can get Derrick Henry moving like that, they're going to be tough to beat. And, I mean, it seemed pretty obvious from early on the plan was give the ball to Henry, let's see what happens, and the Titans were able to take advantage. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, it was interesting. I saw a tweet a little bit ago from, from Gil Brandt, you know, the – the uh, the famous old NFL executive is still very much uh, in, involved in the game, and he said uh, DeForest Buckner might have just won uh, uh, the case for the defensive MVP uh, today by by not playing. Um, and then you know he can make a uh, it's a it's a pretty good argument there because you know this is a Colts defense that was you know one of the top five certainly maybe top three um, in the NFL. Uh, and they really looked like a different team without Buckner, um, without Danico uh, Autry in there as well. You know, the Titans just dominated that uh, that line of scrimmage. But at the same time, let's also remember, um, you know, the Titans are playing with a third-string left tackle. Uh, you know, David Quisenberry is in there after Taylor Lewan, after Ty Sambrello, and you know, Titans left guard Roger Saffold and the center Ben Jones were both limited all week in practice. So this wasn't exactly the Titans offensive line at full go either. Um, nonetheless, I just thought it was a tremendous blocking job by the Titans offensive line. Uh, I thought Jeff Swaim did a, did a pretty good job outside of some penalties. Um, Kari Blossom game did a, did a good job blocking. Um, and they just uh, they did what they had to do, you know, uh, I think against a very physical Colts team, and that was absolutely controlled that, that line of scrimmage. And, boy, anytime you can score five touchdowns on, on six first-half possessions, uh, which the Titans did today, you're certainly doing something right. Yeah, Swain's really good if you can get past the snap. 
It seemed like he had some yeah. he had some issues with, <laughs> with some pre snap stuff. But you know, it was really yeah. good. They threw him the ball today, like you said, has filled in well for Pruitt. Um, you know, who is a, a pretty big part of this run game at least. Uh, and, you know, you've seen him catch some timely passes as well. But um, you know, Swamy so has, has filled in pretty well for him there. But yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I've watched a lot of Titans Colts games over the years, and I remember before. I guess it was what two years ago where the Titans swept the Colts. Um, yeah. And I was I was doing a post at, at that point, and I, I have a 12 year old son, and he had seen more Alabama national championships than he had Titans wins over the Colts. And so he was 10 at the time. I mean, it's just ridiculous, you know? So, I mean, you know, this, 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 the history of this series is obviously a, a pretty painful one for the Titans, especially Andrew Luck days and all of that stuff. Um, and, you know, that they've in both of these games this year, came out first drive and just marched right down the field. Um, you know, yeah. and Arthur Smith, the last three weeks, I mean, the, the opening series has been, it's been unbelievable. I mean, they just go down, it's just boom, 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 you know, hand the ball off, play action, get the ball down the field. Um, so, I mean, they, they've done some really good work there, but t- this today you were able to see them sustain it. And, um, so that was, that was really good to see. Um, like we said, Derek Henry, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, the Titans, for all the talk about the guys that Colts were missing, the Titans are, are still missing a lot of, a lot of guys of their own right. I mean, Taylor DeJuan's not coming back, but they've got guys that, you know, hopefully will be back. And like you said, guys that are not playing at a hundred percent right now, um, that hopefully they can get back to 100% or at least back as the year goes on. And they've just – the Titans have, have found a way to 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 be still be good, you know, kind of the next man up thing. Um, you know, if you'd have given us a list of the guys that, that would not be here at this point, if you'd have known that Lawan would be out for the year, if you'd have known that Adore Jackson wouldn't have played, you know, through the first 11 games, I mean, you would not have suspected the record to be 8-3, and three, and, and that's, what, that's what we've seen so far. So, obviously, they've done a good job there. Uh, you know, and we can't not talk about the job that A.J. Brown does. Um, just his ability to make stuff happen after the catch is, I mean, we've never seen anything like it here. And, I mean, it's pretty special in the NFL today even. I mean, I don't know if you're ready to put him in that, you know, top five group of receivers in the NFL, but he is definitely in the top five of, of what guys are able to do after they after the catch and getting up the field, making plays. And you saw it again. I mean, you just throw him a little slant over the middle, and he's able to make a couple of guys miss and then run away from people. And it's just funny that that was kind of a knock on him uh, coming out was, was he going to be fast enough? Was he going to be too stiff, you know, with the, as, as muscular as he is and all that stuff? And, I mean, he has shown that he's able to, you know, use that to his ability and, you know, just throw guys off of him and, and continue to make those big plays. And it's just that they have so many weapons on offense. It's unlike anything we've ever seen from this team here. And, I mean, Corey Davis had another really good day. So uh, this offense right now seems to be clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, we'll get to the defense in a minute. But it, it, when the offense is playing like this, you just need the defense to be good enough um, to, you know, to not let teams score 40 on you and you're going to be okay. But, yeah, I mean, just the, the work that we continue to see from the receivers in the passing game, it's, it's really fun to watch. It really is. Yeah, A.J. Brown, I mean, it's becoming almost commonplace. You know, what we saw today, um, you know, that, that sort of the medium range or, or even really a short crossing route across the middle. And then two things on that. Uh, you know, one, Ryan Tannehill has done an outstanding job on, on leading A.J. Brown perfectly. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're not leading the receiver perfectly, you know, it's going to be hard to turn those 
shorter passes into bigger gains. So he's extremely accurate on those crosses. And then, yeah, just that, that A.J. Brown transition is so much quicker than, than most receivers who have to catch the ball to bring it in. A.J. Brown likes to do what, what he calls uh, running through the catch, you know, which is almost like uh, the catch is just part of the, uh, of the bigger play. Um, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to catch the ball, but I'm already, uh, uh moving upfield. And, and it sort of goes against the grain of what you always hear from, uh, you know, coaches and, and wide receivers coaches all the, all the time, you know, is, is look that ball all the way into your hands, make sure it's there, you know, before you start moving upfield. AJ Brown sort of seems sometimes to, to fudge on that just a little bit. Uh, you know, he, he's still good enough to make those catches. But he is already uh, thinking and, and moving upfield, and we saw it again today. You know, just some of the numbers. I always enjoy looking at those those next gen stats. Uh, you know, and, and of the the sixty yards um, uh, of the sixty nine yard catch were, were yards uh, after the catch today, and it was forty two yards um, uh, yards more than were expected after the catch on that play as well, too. So. Uh, no surprise that, that AJ I think is uh, is either in the first or or in the top three in terms of uh, yards after the catch average this season. Uh, just absolutely getting it done, and, and that balance uh, again between the receivers and and with Derrick Henry uh, really paying off for this offense. You know, I I mentioned how well they played in the first half, and then if you go back a week, um, you know, to the to the Baltimore game, well, they finished that game with uh, four possessions and, and four scores uh, outside of a, of a kneel down on the last play of regulation. So between the last half of the Baltimore game, first half of this game, uh, you know, nine of, of ten possessions resulted in scores. So, um, you know, after, after about two or three games worth of, hey, what's going on here with the offense, things have really uh, absolutely turned around for this group. Yeah, they, they've kind of kicked back into gear for sure. And and something else to note, too, I mean, A.J. Brown had the big drop that would have been a touchdown in that first Colts game. Yeah, He had another drop in that Ravens game. And so it was kind of like <laughs> if you're a Titans fan, you have, you know, this PTSD with receivers, right? I mean, you just, you've just seen guys that have shown promise. And obviously A.J. Brown has shown more than, you know, these, these other guys that we've seen. But you're kind of like, oh, here we go. It's, it's the thing. And he just, you know, after that drop in the Baltimore game, Locked back in and has been, you know, that same guy uh, that he was before those drops since then. And they need, you know, this offense needs him to be that um, if they're going to continue to be successful. Because like you said, there's still a balance there. And, you know, they didn't really need much balance today. Um, And it it does seem like sometimes they try to force balance when they don't necessarily need it to be there. But you do understand, you know, the the idea that you can't just – give the ball to Derrick Henry every single play. Eventually, defenses are going to key in on that. They're going to stop it. And you saw the Colts do that a little bit at, at the beginning of the second half. Game was really already over at that point. But, you know, the, being able to have that balance and have a guy that can hit the home run like A.J. Brown can is, is such an important thing. Um, you know, and I do I do think for as good as Arthur Smith has been, you still see a, a time or two in the game where, I don't know, there, there's been the you know, conversation about are the Titans trying to get too cute or whatever. I don't know if it's that necessarily, but it just seems like sometimes they're not willing just to kind of keep feeding Henry, um, you, you know, and, and they did that at, towards the end of this, or toward the end of the first half in this game. But we were talking before we jumped on here. I mean, there was that series when it was still 14-14 to 14, um, where the Titans had first and goal to four. 
and they give the ball to Derrick Henry on first down. He gets three yards, and then you have an incomplete pass, and then you have a sack that ends up, you know, getting – they get a penalty on that from Rocky Sin, the hands to the face thing it was. Um, they ended up giving the ball to one, and then they gave it to Derrick Henry. But it does seem like sometimes they're a little bit quick to move away from that, and I, I don't know exactly. I mean, Arthur Smith, listen, he knows a whole lot more about this stuff than I do, obviously. But it, it seems like sometimes they do try to overcomplicate things. Um, and, I mean, especially the game like today, it just seemed like they could just keep giving it to Derrick Henry, and the Colts just didn't have an answer for it. No, no, they really, really didn't. Um, you know, I, I suspect at some point, you know, that there's probably a couple things going on. Uh, you won, you know, as we've seen in some recent games, I think the uh, from time to time, the Titans want to give him a little bit of a, uh, a breather. You know, he still wound up with 27 carries uh, today, even though, uh, you know, Foreman and McNichol, uh, you know, got, got their share of carries in there too. Um, and I, I think, you know, it's tempting for Arthur Brown because, uh, or excuse me, Arthur Smith, because uh, as well as uh, Henry runs the ball and, and as much as that brings the defense up to the line of scrimmage, uh, boy, the, the, the play action – um, you know, and, and even quick, the, the quick uh, fakes like we saw on Ryan Tannehill's touchdown run from a yard out, uh, you know, the front seven ends up paying so much attention to Derrick Henry that the, uh, that the fakes really open things up as well. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Sometimes you, you, you kind of wonder, you want to say, uh, Arthur, uh, don't, don't make it a, that, that complicated, you know. Just have Ryan turn around, put the ball in Derrick's belly, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think everything's going to end up uh, just just fine here. Yeah, like I said, especially in a game like today, where it just it, you could just tell that the Colts. I don't know if these guys they're missing or what, but they just didn't they just didn't have the the whatever to to stop Derrick Henry today. But anyway, you, you don't want to spend too much time on the negative when they you know score forty five points. That doesn't doesn't seem real <laughs> fair there. Uh, flipping to the defense, I, I mean. We've talked a lot about this defense and the problems and the defensive coordinator and all that kind of stuff. But And the thing I think that we've pretty consistently said is, listen, if they can just be a middle-of-the-pack defense, this offense is good enough that you're going to win the vast majority of your games with a defense that can just not be historically bad on third down. They can, you know, keep from giving up 30 points a game. If you can keep them in the 20s, this team's going to have the, a chance, the chance to win a lot of games. And... I mean, I, I don't know. Today was a, it's a weird game. It's it's always hard to tell when you when you have an offense going like they were, um, and you know the first couple of, of possessions were kind of rough for this defense. But this game looked completely different it, it, defensively than the first one did. They made Philip Rivers uncomfortable in this game. I mean, you've seen him at times. Like, he doesn't like to feel pressure. I mean, I don't know that any quarterback necessarily likes to feel pressure. But, I mean, there were a couple of times where he pulled the ball down, kind of expecting to get sacked. And then, you know, there wasn't anybody there yet. But right. you know, in that first game, they didn't make him come off his first read. I mean, it was just like, take the ball, find it, you know, whoever he's throwing it to, the guy's wide open, you throw it to him. They definitely took that away from him today. And I, I think you, you saw them, I, I don't know, come into their own a little bit there, and hopefully they can continue to do that. Um, Breon Borders is a guy that they found, um, you know, that, that's been really good for them. Uh, in in the time the chances that he's had on the field and, and has helped with Adoree Jackson not being out there with Christian Fulton not being out there um, definitely done some good things there. But today, I mean, you had the whole thing with you know Jayon Brown going out last week. We know he's done for the year. 
Um, he's the guy that wears the green dot, so the guy that gets the calls from uh, Shane Bowen calling the d- defensive plays, and there was so much talk about that. And, I, and from what I understood, Compton started with that, and then eventually they mm-hmm. gave it to David Long. And I think that's where it needs to be. Because as, as good of a player as Will Compton is, as you know, veteran savvy and all of that stuff, he doesn't have the speed that's necessary for you know, t- today's game. And we saw David Long be really good at the end of the year last year. It was obviously the coach, coaching staff had gotten down on him a little bit this year, even before you know, he went on the COVID list and all of that stuff. But he stepped in and played really well today. And again, this defense, if they can just generate a little bit of pressure, if they can get off the field on those third and longs, which they were able to do today, then it, it's, it's just going to open up so much stuff. And it, it's what, if this, t- if this team is going to be the championship-level team that we thought they could be coming into, into the year, that they looked like for the first couple of weeks, even with the, defense, with the defense struggling, if they're going to be that, you've got to see the defense that you saw today going forward. And, I mean, hopefully we're starting to see them round into form. Um, you know, we, we, there's a long way to go, and things can go back and forth. But you had to be impressed with the way they bounced back today after just how easy it looked for Phillip Rivers in that first matchup. Yeah, and, and I think after those first two drives today, I, I think, you know, a lot of Titans fans were probably saying, oh, here we go again. You know, the, uh, the Colts go 75 yards and 12 plays for a touchdown. 66 yards and, and six plays for another touchdown. It looked like we were going to have about a, you know, a 50 to 45 shootout by the, by the end of this. But um, impressive work turning things around uh, by the Titans defense. And I think, uh, as you touched on, I think it really began uh, with making Phillip Rivers uncomfortable in that first game. You know, I think he went 29 for, for 39 in that game. Uh, and, and nobody ever really got near him. Uh, he was sacked once, but he was only hit twice uh, during that entire game. Uh, and, and in this game, you know, they, they played without, uh, you know, Jadevian Clowney. Uh, well, you know, and again, obviously without, without Jayon Brown as well. But um, they did a much better job uh, getting after Phillip Rivers. I thought he, they wound up with six quarterback hits on Rivers. Uh, and that made him a little bit skittish. Yeah, you could you could uh, certainly see at times that he was starting to see a, a ghost or two. And to me, I think he's a he's a hugely different quarterback with just a little bit of pressure um, than he is with a uh, with a very clean pocket. I think there's a drastic drop off for for Philip Rivers, and I really thought we saw a difference today. Um, and you know, Kenny Vaccaro said after the game also that. They also did a better job of getting up on the Colts receivers than they did last game, forcing Phillip Rivers uh, to, to a second read, to a third read, the kind of thing he, he just didn't do very often uh, in that in the first game against the Titans. So uh, much better effort uh, today by the Titans. As I say, you know, it, it, uh, it certainly didn't start well, but then you look at, like, the next, I think uh, – five straight possessions by the Colts after those first two. All of them wound up with a punt. Uh, you throw the next one in there, was an interception. So really a pretty long shutout stretch there for the uh, for the Titans. Um, got to be impressed with that uh, in terms of both the coverage and, uh, and the pressure they put on Rivers. Yeah, because, I mean, each team goes goes for a touchdown on their first two drives. So, like I said, it's 14-14. And then the Titans have the four-play four drive and a punt. 
And so then you're like, oh, boy. I mean, you, you felt like at that point the Titans are going to have to score every time it touched the ball if they're going to win this game. But the, the, they answered right then with, with a, a three and out, which has been extremely rare for this team this year. And so then you're like, okay. And then obviously, you know, kind of the route was kind of on from there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just – seeing these guys step up, Harold Landry I thought played pretty well today. Um, you didn't see the big, the big gashes in the run game. Um, and if you went – if you read – uh, Superhorns post at Broadway Sports after that first Colts game, you, you you just saw the plays where it looked like Rashawn Evans for whatever reason was was going in the wrong gap or you know whatever. I don't know if he's trying to make a play or or what that is there, but um, you know you you didn't see those things today. Guys playing their assignment, that type of stuff, and so they didn't give up the the yards in, in the rushing game they did last time. And then again, when you force a, a team into you know obvious patch, passing situations more times than not, that, that's going to be a good thing for the defense. And it, it was, I mean, you, you say that and it sounds so obvious, but early in the season, it, it really didn't matter for this team. If it was third and seven, third and 12, it, it was, might as well be third and one. Um, and so, again, just to see them kind of regress to the mean, so to speak, on that um, is going to be a, a good thing for this team going forward. Um, they had Brett Kern back today. Uh, which, you know, you just see the difference when he's out there. Uh, I mean, obviously the punt coverage was better because we talked after the, you know, the Trevor Daniel game where, I mean, he shanks the one punt, that's on him. The the block was not on him. Um, you know, they, they basically took the ball off of his foot. But Brett Kern, you mentioned in your, in your post, like it, his net wasn't necessarily great, but just seeing him kick balls towards the sideline, pinning them deep, just having that additional weapon for you there. It's such a big difference, and again, we talk so much about how bad special teams was there for a couple of weeks. They were good today. I mean, you know, when when Goskowski is kicking the ball through the end zone, I mean, that, there's obviously not a problem there. But they had a couple of at least serviceable punt returns um, that you know gave them a little bit of yardage and that kind of stuff. So hopefully, special teams has turned a little bit of a corner. Yeah, you can never uh, you can never be too sure when it comes to, to Stephen Goskowski because he's one of the streakiest kickers I think we've ever seen. Uh, you know, the, the good news for the Titans is he's now four for four, uh, you know, on his last four. The, the rougher news, you know, he was before that, he was, uh, I think, two for seven. Before that, he was nine for nine. Before that, he was 0 for three. So, you know, you, you can't really be uh, completely certain. And, and I, it was kind of somehow symbolic of Gostkowski's season, I thought, this year, uh, you know, when, when he's trying to put that, kind of clincher field goal on uh, against the Colts today. And, and uh, you know, he actually misses yeah. from 44. Of course, the, the play doesn't count because Kelly, uh, you know, had a false start. So, of course, they move it back, which, hey, that's, that's all good in, in Goskowski's world. And he drills it from 49 yards out. Uh, that was the, that was the perfect Goskowski uh, situation there. But, yeah, Kern, I, I thought, um, was just outstanding. Um, the three punts that he had in the second half, um, Indianapolis started on the eight-yard line, the thirteen-yard line, and the six-yard line. Uh, you know, it's it's tough uh, for any team to to go the distance in those situations. I think the Colts scored on the last of those drives, but that was just kind of uh, you know didn't really mean anything points at the, at that point. So huge difference, and then no yards whatsoever on, on in terms of Colts punts returns uh, today. So obviously had the uh, had the hang time as well. So. You know, uh, Mike Vrabel has is, is certainly uh, told us plenty of times, uh, you know, the Titans need to play complementary football. Um, and this is about as good as, uh, as we've seen it uh, this year. 
uh, you know, again, you have to sort of, there's a slight asterisk here with, with uh, you know, uh, DeForest Buckner and, and Danico Autry out, uh, you know, for the Colts. I, I think that was a significant difference. But nonetheless, uh, you know, quality effort in a, uh, in a place, uh, as you referenced earlier, um, that has just been a, uh, a real house of horrors for the Titans over the years. Uh, I think uh, their last 12 trips to Indy, I think they'd won two times. Uh, up there so uh, for the titans to win this game on the road you know one week after winning a uh, a very very difficult road game up in baltimore boy uh you know all of a sudden things look a whole lot more better oh excuse me a whole <laughs> lot better now uh, than they did just a couple of games ago yeah and listen we talked before the first colts game that if the titans won two of the next three then they would be in good shape going forward. And then, you know, it was such a debacle, that first Colts game, that you kind of lost sight of that that, that wasn't that didn't end the season by any means. It made it a little bit harder, again, to have to go up there and win, um, not have that game in hand. But, you, you know, it, to Goskowski, I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. You know, because it, he has the leg. Like, uh, the leg is not yeah. the problem. Um, because I mean, he, every every kickoff is is I mean he booms them and like you said if you can yeah. get him if you can get him outside of fifty he's money, but it's right. something about those short kicks and you know he had problems with extra points a little bit even before he got yeah. hurt in New England so I don't know I don't know what that is I mean obviously that was not a problem early in his career but um, right. yeah it's just it's the weirdest thing I've never seen anything like it because you. you yeah, you don't feel good anytime he runs out there, but his kicks never. It's not like he. It's not the kickers from last year where guys just have no chance. But it's just he just right. you know pushes him or whatever for, on the shorter ones. So hopefully he can you know just kind of continue to get in that groove. And then if you got the snapper and the holder and all that stuff, and you know hopefully he just he settles in a little bit. And like you said, just the the streakiness of what he's been this year has been wild. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, so now we look forward uh, to what the Titans have left. Um, you got the Browns next week, which is another really big game, um, you know, from the standpoint of now you've got, you want to, you know, stay ahead of the Colts. Now you're a game up on them. Um, the Browns are also eight and three. So if you're looking at, you know, wild card positioning and that kind of stuff too, that's another big game because if you get to the end, uh, you know, if you have the head to head win against them, that obviously if it's, if it's between, you know, getting in and not getting in, you have that or seating or, or whatever. Um, so another big one next week, that game is here. I haven't seen an opening line, but I would assume the Titans would be a little bit of a favorite in that game. And you mentioned in your post that, you know, with, with these five games they have left, they're probably going to be the favorite in every game except for the game at Green Bay. Um, so it almost feels like at, at this point if they can just take care of business a little bit, um, that they they should be in a in a good position to be able to win the AFC South. Now the Texans are going to have some say in this because the Colts still have two left against them, and the quick turnaround like the Titans and the Colts have had, the Titans and the Texans have that over the next three weeks. Um, but the Texans are playing better at this point than they were earlier in the season. So I mean, you know, as we sit here. Like I said, it's a completely different conversation than it was after that first Colts game. As you sit here now, it's just like, okay, just go out, win the games that you should that you should win. Even if you drop that game in Lambeau, um, you should still be in a good posi- position to, to win that to win the division, which is something they haven't done since I guess 2008. So again, for all the ups and downs and all the injuries and everything that we've seen, they still find themselves through 11 games. With a with a in a good position, and at this point they I, I think have to be the favorites to win the division. 
Yeah, I, I think so. You know, even though it's only one game, I thought, uh, uh, you know, Mike Herndon, our, our comrade and co-worker, uh, pointed out something uh, um, important on Twitter, too, that uh, the Titans are now 3-1 and one in the division, and the Colts, I believe, are 1-2. and two. Uh, And, of course, if, if the Colts and Titans ended up tied in the division, that's the first tiebreaker is the division record. So Titans have an advantage there. So it's almost like a two-game lead, uh, really, right now for the, uh, for the Titans in the division. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard if you're, if you're a Titans fan, it's hard not to, to look ahead and, and be, um, you know, pretty optimistic about, uh, if you want to look way down the stretch, it's been a long time since there has been a home playoff game, uh, you know, in, in Nashville, that's, that's the 2008 year, uh, as well. And, you know, we, we remember we go back to last year, and, and, of course, that was what Mike Vrabel was saying after the Kansas City loss, and it was repeated a few times, was like, you know, it, it's great that we had this postseason run, but, uh, you know, at some point we're going to have to start getting to a point where we're hosting playoff games instead of going on the road all the time. And, and right now the Titans have that uh, in their hands. They've got their, their the division in their hands if, if, they, uh, if they take care of business. Um, you know, and that would uh, that would really be something to uh, to see them get that first home playoff game um, in a uh, in a while. But uh, uh, just yeah, just just huge. Uh, you know, I I I'll, I'll admit, uh, you know, when they were six and three, had lost uh, you know three of their last four, uh, you know, and and faced these two roadies coming up. I didn't think it looked uh, too wonderful, you know, for their future, especially this year. Um, you know, with the AFC being so competitive and so many, so many teams with, uh, with winning records. Um, but, uh, I think you kind of hand it to them, uh, you know, quite a, uh, quite a resourceful, uh, and, uh, a resilient team, uh, to, to come back and, uh, and, and be in this situation. Um, so we'll see, uh, as you say, next week, a, a really big one against another team that's right there with them in the playoff race. Uh, if they win that, then boy, they're in they're in good stretch or good uh, good shape heading down that uh, the last four games. Yeah, and it's just funny. I mean, it's such a week to week league, like you said. I mean, we're having that conversation yeah. after that Colts game about how if the season ended today, the Titans wouldn't be in the playoffs, and you know how much things have changed in two weeks. Like you said, facing two road games and all that stuff. So it it, it is a little bit of a fool's errand, right, to look and say, okay, well, if they take care of business, they win, you know, three of these or four of these last five, like they should, right. you know, quote should, then everything will be fine. Uh, we, we know how much those things can change from week to week. But well, we're fools, Jimmy. We can do yeah, that. There you go. We can, we can be spent on fool there. There you go. Um, so, yeah, but uh, listen, they have – there have been plenty of obstacles in this season. It hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always been pretty. But the Titans have really proven time and time again with Mike Vrabel as the coach that they they do better when the odds are kind of stacked against them, you know, when they're underdogs, when they're on the road. Uh, you talked about, you know, Derrick Henry's performance in road games um, in, in the article that you wrote tonight. I mean, it's just they just they just they seem to to fare better in that underdog role. So now they got to figure out. Now you're you're in front. So now you got to figure out how to how to keep that to, to keep the pace there and, and to keep an arm's length. Like I said, win four of the last five. I, I don't think there's any doubt you win the division. Um, so you know we'll we'll see how it plays out. But um, did we have any? Did anybody not finish the game this week? I mean, I know you had a couple of guys. Like I know AJ Brown was hobbled a couple of times, but I think he was good out there at the end. Was there anybody that didn't finish the game here? 
Uh, not that I can recall. It doesn't doesn't ring a bell at all. I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't uh, uh, make the observation that uh, uh, we did see uh, the famed Isaiah Wilson sighting uh, at the uh, yeah. at the very end of the game. Uh, the Titans' first round draft pick has now seen the football field. Uh, got in for a couple of uh, you know kind of garbage plays towards the end, uh, but hey, uh, you know uh, you got to take some baby steps. Uh, you know, and this is only the second week that Isaiah Wilson had been in uniform. Uh, now he has gotten his feet wet and at least been on the field a few times. So, uh, baby steps uh, for the for the first rounder yeah. here. But uh, you know, we're we're seeing a little bit of progress. Yeah. So he gets on the field before Jordan Love, right? I think those are the only two uh, first round right. draft picks that hadn't been on the field yet. <laughs> so I guess that's a win, yeah. right? Um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, but hey, listen, I mean, uh, Questenberry, I thought played well today. I mean, I, obviously, we'll you yeah. know our, our guys that that review the film, they'll have a lot more to say on that. But I mean, I you know he held up well. You didn't notice him out there. That's always mm-hmm. a good thing. So, um, you know, it, it's good they have guys that can fill in when you're not getting what you need from, I mean, you know, the first three picks in this draft haven't been a factor yeah. at all this year. Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing to, to be sitting here at eight and three with that being the case, but hopefully, you know, hopefully Fulton and, and Evans will be back here in the next week or two. Um, and so you, you could start to see contributions from them, but yeah, I mean, listen, Things are things as as we sit here right now. Things are good, and if they continue to to play like we've seen them play the last couple of weeks, then you know you've got the makings of what what could be a a special season, or at least you know win the division, which like we said they haven't done since two thousand eight. Host the playoff game, you know, getting the playoffs anything can happen. So you, you just kind of see how it goes from there. So anything else we need to hit before we get out tonight? I think we have uh, covered the bases, sir think that'll about cover it all right so like i said uh broadwaysportsmedia.com is the website john's already got his 10 takeaways posted uh from the game today and we'll have a lot more on this one and then as we look forward to the browns game again this is home run throwback just search that out wherever you get your podcasts and you will get this show follow us on twitter i am at j morris mcm john is at glennon sports so for john glennon this is jimmy morris saying thanks for listening to home run throwback and we will talk to you again next week Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.